this is the guy that had 900 followers and he casually, casually made 30K. What's going on? What's up everyone? Welcome to the Likes and Cash podcast. Today I got a very special guest, a guy that really sparked the Likes and Cash movement. So this is Tony. Tony, would you mind introducing yourself to the people? Anthony Price, CPA. I do tax planning, um, I do tax preparation, have a CPA firm, and I do high net worth tax planning and tax strategy. So um, I started my own business 18 months ago and you know six months into it, I was starting to get some traction, but it was very slow. I wasn't leveraging technology the way that I knew that I should because I'd been in you know these corners of Twitter where I was following JK for you know years prior. And I saw these guys were just driving so much traffic to their offices, making so much money using social media, you know, doing business digitally. And my profession is traditionally in person, traditionally not very advanced in terms of technology. Um, and it's hard to find a home run offer where you can make a lot of money off of the internet. And so being a younger guy and trying to combine professional services and, you know, this traditional service and product with a new way to market and grow your business online, I knew I had to find a way to get a hell of an offer and then drive a bunch of traffic to it. And so once I found my offer, I started trying to drive some traffic, struggled at it, you know, made a little bit of progress right made one big sale on big tax planning product and so i found there was proof of concept there with the few followers that i had i had less than a thousand after you know six months of you know tweeting nonstop into the ether and so i knew that proof of concept was there but i wasn't great at writing tweets i didn't have a whole bunch of traffic coming in um, and that's around when we started working together last february that was cool can you tell people what the offer was that uh, you you ran with? Because I remember there was a like a little spike of proof of concept, and then every everything took off. Like all at once, everything took off. Can you explain yeah, to people what yeah. the, that offer was? Absolutely. So we blew up. So outside of my normal CPA firm, where of course we do tax preparation, we do bookkeeping, payroll, whatever client accounting services necessary. That industry is subject to massive commoditization. So for a lot of accountants, it's a race to the bottom in terms of price, which starts to thin out your margins, which starts to really, you know, hurt your lifestyle because it doesn't provide all the value. You're not charging based on value. You're charging based on simply time. And so if you're charging the same product, right, as any other accountant, then you are going to race to the bottom in terms of price. So I knew that we had to charge based on value, right? So how can we bring the most value? Well, not only do people want their taxes prepared, people want their taxes reduced to the maximum legal amount, right? So the offer became, well, I'm not gonna work with you unless I can save you more in taxes than you, than you pay me, right? So. I'm gonna save you more in taxes than you even pay me. What's not to like about that offer? If I can save you $100,000 in taxes, I can charge you $30,000 for a tax plan, right? 
So that's what the offer was. You know, when the bull run in 2021 was happening with crypto, you know, everybody wanted to mitigate their capital gains. And that's exactly what we're able to do with our trusts, with our tax plans. And so I'd found a couple people being in these crypto circles and we'd implemented tax plans and, and trusts and we made, you know, 30K of revenue so far with simply the few hundred followers that I had had. And I knew that if we were able to blow up the traffic, we'd be able to blow up income. We'd be able to get a bunch of people into tax plans and into trusts, and we'd be able to, you know, save people tons and tons in taxes. So it's exactly what we did. And this is Tony's work. He converted me. So the offer is valid, tested and functioning. Very good services, by the way. Highly recommended to avoid taxes legally. So, Absolutely. yeah. Um, I want to talk about some people go, well, I maybe crafted this offer. I want to start selling it, but I don't have any followers, right? Yet you converted that much at 900 followers. So in the beginning, that slump where people don't see you, what do you do? So my idea completely changed after after working with you um before i was tweeting into the ether i was you know buying the the courses that you had with ed Lattimore, and i was studying and everything you know trying to come up with you know a, as many good tweet ideas as i could and was making decent progress right i was growing 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 slowly i was engaging with other tweets i was putting out you know, information that I had, you know, really good, you know, tax planning, tax preparation, basics of tax and accounting, how to save, you know, this much in taxes. I was putting out the threads. I was putting out the tweets. What I realized after talking to a couple people, after I started to get noticed by a couple people and they interact with me and they, you know, boost my post or they just retweet me, I go, oh, you got to have an in with somebody that has a, a big account and you, you know, you don't have to, but when people that are bigger accounts like you and they want to see you succeed, that is going to catapult you into success. Right. And so working with someone like yourself, where we just genuinely, you know, hit it off and become homies and you want to see me succeed and you're, you know, sharing my posts because you want to see me succeed. That's going to get so many more eyes right on my tweets. And now that I have so many friends right on, Twitter that also have big accounts like we're just friends you know they're gonna share my my tweets for free because they like me they like the information I put out there they know it's very valuable it just catapults you into success so having the social proof of friends with big accounts right has helped me become a person on the radar of the accounts I used to just follow and be one of those guys where, you know, no one knew who I was, what I did. You know, I was one of those hundred follower guys where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm here. I'm a hustler. I'm working hard. I'm trying to figure it out myself to now you make a friend here, you make a friend there. They share your stuff. One of the, one of their friends, right. Follows you and goes, Oh, this guy's stuff is good. And now it's just crazy. The amount of people that I used to follow three years ago and go, man, these guys are killing it. How do I do something like that? And now they're my homies, right? Or they're my clients. It's it's crazy. So having an in or having having somebody that you work with, right? I, I put this out here on my social media sometimes. Have a coach. Have somebody you work with because when they're tied to your success, they're gonna help you out and and 
to have somebody that is successful and where you want to be successful is extraordinarily helpful. And it's, it's peak scarcity mindset. The people that say you're going to waste money on a coach, you're going to waste money on a course or something because they have been the greatest ROI that I've made in my business is working with coaches, establishing relationships with people that are already successful where I want to be successful because they have helped me so much in making my business extraordinarily successful. That's that's fire. I had a call with a ghostwriter yesterday. His name is Marcus. He has 3,000 followers and he ghostwrites for people at 10K. So people are like, what, why, why are people hiring ghostwriters with less followers than him? And the reason why is he said, because all these guys, like they have the big account and when you have a big account, people just expect you to have everything figured out. When in reality, there's a lot of big accounts that are hurting because they can't get calls. They're paying too many taxes. They're doing all this weird stuff that's just not optimized. So that's, it's funny that you mentioned Lattimore because that's when I kind of came in. I had the product, Lattimore had the audience, right? So we kind of combine. Right here you have the service and you combine it with everybody who has the big audience. So you combine. So I just wanted to like really nail down that point. When people focus on using the big accounts to grow, that is a way you can engage with them to grow, but an even a higher ROI thing is helping them because then they'll help you out of goodwill and they'll like you and they'll refer you. You know what I mean? 100%. Whether that's you provide a service, you provide a good, you are constantly adding value to their tweets, or whether you are a paid customer of theirs, a paid client of theirs, that's the easiest way to get in front of them immediately because it's, it's not just somebody where, you know, to an extent you could be you know, engaging on their post because obviously you want to grow, but if you pay them money and say, hey man, help me grow, I'm your client now, of course they're going to do that and they're going to they're gonna want that. I mean, the people that pay me, I know for myself, you know, I get tax questions every single day, but the people that pay me for tax advice, they're going to be first priority when it comes time to answer questions, right? It's the exact same way with any professional. If you pay them, they're going to want to prioritize you because they're, they're financially invested in your success. So I highly suggest it, man. It's, it's so worth having some skin in the game for both of you so that they're, they're tied to your success. That, that changed my perception because it was a big risk, it felt like at the time. Man, I literally, I literally put down working with JK more than I had invested in anything in my entire life. Right. And it paid off like extraordinarily. Right. And now we're homies. We're mutual clients. I mean, I love JK, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, now that I think about it, I've never spent so much either online than in your tax <laughs> services. Now that I, I was thinking about it, have I spent more than that? I'm not going to disclose the price because I don't know if you raised it. But um, anyway, that's what happened. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Same with yeah. you. Same with yeah. you. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, man. Like we, we really both took, you know, the risk based on the, the relationship that we made. And, and for JK, I want to say this too, it's relevant to the podcast. I've been following JK for so long that I was almost like 
starstruck and I know he's had that experience before where it's just like yo this is my man that I'm seeing out there you know engaging with all these big accounts has all these big relationships you know I knew that when he was pitching me on his services that he would be able to come through on that offer right and so building up the account and having that credibility it's been the same way with me where you know even at just 10k right now and growing you know I've now built a reputation I now have friends in the industry where when I hop on a call right it's some that knows already they've decided they want to work with me right they want me to prepare their taxes because of the credibility I've shown on Twitter and because of the relationships that I've made through the platform that's a lot of how those calls go man like now that you have an account you like you get it like you ask them why are you in a call oh it's because you've helped me cool yeah do you want more help (laughs) oh yeah let's do it that's it that's that's the entire call that's how you close them (laughs) it's really not hard Exactly it gives how it you, for me. yeah. It gives you kind of when you have a personal brand, it kind of gives you leeway to suck at legion and suck at sales. I'm not saying you suck at sales or legion, right? But in general, it it gives you leeway to suck at sales and suck at legion and still generate leads and still close sales, just because of the huge credibility. And I think I figured it out why. Like I was thinking about it, and I think there's two reasons. One is a big part of the sales process is you need to trust the salesman, right? Well, no, it's just one reason now that I think about it. You got to trust the salesman, right? And when you work with big accounts, like think about it, like if you scam someone, Tony, like, and they go and go on Twitter and they say, Tony fucking scanned me, like don't work with them. Like your reputation is at, at least hurt in some way and it's hard, right? So people know this when they buy from you, when you have a big account. And Naval says this, if you want to create wealth, take on higher levels of accountability. And because people know that you have so much to lose, like they're more willing to give you money because they're like, he's not gonna fucking scam me. He has way more to lose than me, right? I only got the money to lose. This guy's got the reputation, the time, the connections, the money, everything. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I mean, reputation is everything, you know, especially in the in the business that I'm at. We have this responsibility for professional integrity. We have that requirement, you know, as licensed CPAs. I mean, I'm terrified of having negative reviews. I'm terrified of having, you know, my clients that are displeased with my service. So much to the point that, you know, while we were working together, I literally had to tell you to stop ghostwriting for me because I had so many leads coming in that I wasn't be able to, being able to follow up. I wasn't able to provide as good a service, you know, temporarily for my clients that I already had because I just went from a significant offer problem to this massive, you know, fulfillment problem, right? And so 100%, you know, I, you have to, as a big account, right, take that responsibility serious. Not everyone does, of course, but, you know, for me, I'm trying to build a, you know, a community more than just an audience that I can send things out to. I think I've done a pretty good job at that, actually, is that people like me for me because I am exactly who I say I am. I love to meet people in person, and that's how I started getting clients was in-person networking, going to BNI, going to events where I met people in person. Technology, social media is simply the best way to scale that, right? So when I meet people on Twitter, I like it even more when I get to meet those people from Twitter in person and I have for tons and tons of people, right? And I'm the exact same person, maybe even better in real life than I am on Twitter, right? There's just no better way to reach that many people than on social media. So the infinite leverage, man, like it's, it's the coolest thing ever. 
when I wanted, I wanted to ask something, and I think this is important for the audience to get some context. So Tony launched a thread on this thing called the trust. He can explain it better than me, but essentially it's like, like accountants and steroids and you don't pay that many taxes and you can protect everything. It's, it's the best thing ever. And he, he just got like a ton of influx of leads because this is kind of like, like the IRS didn't want you to know this, right? That's, that's how he framed it. But what I wanted to ask you is with all this influx that you got and now that you have like a fulfillment uh, focus, would you do anything differently? As in, would you take less people in? Would you raise your prices? Do you, would you do anything differently? That's a very good question. I would say that I would do things a little bit differently, right? Hindsight 2020, I would be more prepared for the influx of leads because it was overnight, man. I wish I could show you. I really do want to show you the difference in my calendar from the day before that thread drop to the day after because I'll do these free 15 minute intro calls, right? And and give myself 30 minutes to do them in case they go long, right? And I remember clear as day, the thread dropped on, I wanna say February 11th, it was a Friday, right? And that morning, like 8 a.m. Pacific time, it dropped and already by that afternoon, I had scheduled five calls, right? Saturday, I had my calendar open from nine to 5 p.m. 30 minute increments. So what's that? 16, all 16 time slots were booked. Monday, all all day booked. Tuesday, all day booked. It was insane. It was like 50 to 100 calls that were booked based on that one thread that just blew up, right? And so to go from, you know, two, three, four a day, right, of calls to 16, right, I wished I was a little bit more prepared for that influx in leads with my automations. There, there wasn't the same need for that. I was able to get by without having these, you know, highly automated systems because I just didn't have that much lead flow. I can have four calls and I can do all the follow-up sequence after manually because it's not taking up my entire life. But when you have 16 calls, all of them might have slightly different follow-up need, right? Or, or, or most of it is within the same, you know, bucket, right? I need to send out information. I need to send out, you know, intake stuff. You know, it's it's one of four different things. You want to be able to automate that, right? And if I had those processes in place so I could have better communication, I mean, I, I literally had too many leads, right? I'm, I lost more business over the, you know, following three months of, you know, dropping that thread than I had the previous, you know, nine months, right? I lost more business over that next three months that I just couldn't handle, kind of lot, let the lead go cold because I just couldn't follow up with that many people, right? So having some processes in place to handle that much lead flow is the only change that I would make. So I did not, I knew it would be successful, didn't realize it was gonna be that successful. My guy's suffering from success, holy shit. <laughs> DJ Khaled, yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it, yeah. <laughs> God did, God did. Yeah, okay, uh, this is a problem that a lot of people wish they had. So if anybody's watching this, man, and they're like, man, I wish I had the lead flow, what would you tell them uh, to improve that situation? 
We went through some pretty great exercises, JK, that helped me craft my message, right? To tailor it towards the audience that I'm looking for, right? We've already spoken about having somebody in your corner that's going to help you succeed on social media, right? But really defining the message that you have and being very intentional with that message, you know, providing value, adding, you know, positive engagement, and then the ask, you know, don't be afraid to ask, hey, if you make over $150,000 a year, shoot me a DM. I'll only work with you if I can save you more in taxes than you pay me, right? Adding that to the end of every tweet, I got DMs and they would say, hey, I make over 150K, I want to save more in taxes than I pay you. It, it created those conversations consistently. So, you know, knowing what your offer is, right? Knowing how to convey the offer, knowing how to provide some value around that offer, and then having somebody in your corner, right, that's going to help you continue to cultivate, continue to craft and improve all of those processes and wants to see you succeed that has already been there. That's been the secret to success on online and digital marketing for sure. I mean, networking with all kinds of other friends as well. Yeah. Sometimes people say, I like to compare this to the bodybuilder world. You know, the big accounts, we all like to think they're natural when in reality it's part natural, part juice. Like they all help each other. It's nothing's just completely natural on Twitter. That's just not how it works. I mean, it's exact. Everybody's tied in with each other monetarily. Everyone wants to, you know, help each other out. If someone's going to help me out, of course, I want to help them out. Right. Whether there's money involved or whether there's not money involved. It's like, you know, I, I just want to see my friends succeed. And if someone's going to, you know, share my posts and, and just be a good friend and, and, you know, provide value to me, I'm going to do the exact same to them. And while like St. Cash, retweets can absolutely help generate some cash. Right. And so having that distribution um, is is extremely extremely helpful right and so whether that's just from being friends with them and making the ask because you've already provided enough value enough social capital that they're willing to do that or whether you want to try and grease the pockets a little bit you know either way it's a good way to establish a relationship it's a good way to get your message out there and and really really you know leverage technology to you know get more eyeballs yeah so people go like Man, it's unfair because you got the big accounts. Well, have you tried paying a big account to help you out? <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. I, I was very interested. Now, now I shifted my way of converting. So instead of converting people on Twitter, I try to converse with people on Twitter. I take them to the DMs. But that was a lesson. I don't know. It was just kind of hard to learn. Not take them to the landing page, but actually talking to them. Is there a reason why you would rather ask people to DM you rather than book a call with you on a VSL or a calendar? Better qualification. I would say better qualification. If the DM messages go bad, you know, I don't want to talk to them on the phone either because it's, it's hard to mess up a DM conversation, right? They go overwhelmingly positive. Every once in a while, it's like negative. And if, and if you mess up, a DM conversation then I probably won't want to meet you in person, right? So I got to do is like, Hey man, what's good? Like, I like your content, you know, let's, let's talk or, you know, I'm interested in this, you know, so better qualification in the DMS is the reason why just to establish that relationship. It's like, Oh, I've actually talked to this person before. I know that 
he acknowledges that we're going to have this conversation. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, meet this person um, in, in real life or, or through, you know, a Zoom where we've acknowledged each other before as opposed to, all right, I just kind of added myself as a lead under the automated flow. Is there an actual real person behind it? It's way more personable when you, you know, go through the DMs than just hop in a, you know, a funnel um, through a link you click. Yeah, dude, that's such a better answer than me. I just got lazy and I didn't do the landing page, honestly. Uh, <laughs> can, yeah, man. Uh, I guess w what another thing that I wanted to ask you, let's talk about the, why that offer was so enticing, not just the 150K, but the trust themselves. Like, what do you think? And if you could tie a little bit to marketing terms, that'd be cool. Why do you think people felt so attracted to trusts, even though for the outsider, it's just like, it's kind of boring if you're not an accountant, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I start to rattle off all of the technical information behind the trust, you start to lose it a little bit. But I'll try and hit some marketing terms, right, without being this expert marketer, but we hit a lot of those um, factors of intrigue. It's like, hmm, does the IRS really not want you to know about it? And, you know, we're going to have some angry CPAs. We're going to have some angry tax attorneys in the chat, you know, calling for my head. But how does the IRS make money, right? They make money from collecting taxes, right? So do you think that they might selectively not tell you all of the strategies you can do to save on taxes, right? They're not going to advertise on their website, hey, here's the most effective tax planning strategies you can implement in your business to pay us less money, right? So framing it in such a way that makes it a little bit more enticing, right? Oh, the IRS doesn't want you to know this, right? Well, do they actually not want you to know this or do they just not like advertise it, right? So framing it in the right way on the thread is really interesting. It's like, oh, you don't know about this before. Oh, I don't know about this. Why do I not know about this? Right? Um, explaining the, the benefits in detail, and they are far superior to any other strategy that you can implement. 99% of other strategies are not gonna beat this if you are a business owner, if you are a investor in crypto or in real estate, right? So you liken it to these rich families who have been utilizing trust structures long before the tax code was even implemented and you say well why are the rockefellers using trusts why does kamala harris have a trust that she then had to disclose on her congressional financial disclosures that she originally didn't she had to amend to say that she was a trustee of this tax mitigation trust right so showing that there's a little bit of esoteric information that's being utilized by people at a higher level of wealth, of understanding of the legal and tax code, really, really was enticing and made for some very interesting information. And so it's a little bit like red pill. It's a little bit like, you know, feels like conspiratorial. But when you get into the evidence and you really see with your eyes what's happening, you see, oh, all right, there's an entirely different game being played that is not being 
you know, propagated by, you know, even the CPA exam, right, in the one-eighth of all of the education that happens is even on taxes, right? There's however many thousands of pages, tens and tens of thousands of pages of the tax codes, and barely any of it goes over the taxation of, you know, private contracts, right? And, and the taxation of trusts and how the different bodies of law lay over each other and which one takes precedence, the Uniform Principal and Income Act, Uniform Trust Code, right? So that's now getting into the boring stuff, right? But finding a marketing twist, right? A, a interesting way to describe and create the feelings of this is esoteric, well-hidden information, right? Oh, there's scarcity to this information, right? There's some, you know, esoteric nature to it. Um, that's, that's really what I think successfully hit. Not only that, but its applicability um, and its massive, massive benefits. When you just say on the front end, right? Hey, well, we're able to defer and mitigate, you know, 100% of passive income when, you know, we're able to reduce, you know, active business income, you know, significantly. We're able to protect your assets far superior to an LLC. You know, that right there is a hell of an offer in itself. Yeah, I like it. You ever, you ever read the um, one sentence persuasion, the 20 word sentence that allows you to persuade anyone at any time? Ever heard about that one? I haven't. Yeah, it's uh, this, this thing by Blair Warren. It says, people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. And I feel like this one helps them throw rocks at their enemies because nobody likes the IRS. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, and, and Vicious that there's other things going on. I mean, when you see the Panama Papers, you see the Pandora Papers, and you realize, oh, there's people all over the world that are utilizing trust structures legally to leverage their wealth, to leverage the rules. There's people out of the country that are using the United States as a tax shelter, right? They're using different states. They're using the you know the U.S. geographical territory as the location of their trusts and of their businesses, of their wealth vehicles to save taxes, to protect and to hide their assets. And that's been exposed, not by the mainstream media who's saying, oh, this is great. It's been exposed, not by the IRS who's saying, oh, look at what they're doing. That's totally fine. It's been exposed by, you know, journalists who dig and find this stuff. And so it absolutely confirms the suspicions of people that go, why am I paying 50 percent in taxes living in California when we've got Donald Trump paying 750 bucks a year in his income taxes? Why does that happen? Why? Why? What's the what's the Gates Family Foundation? Why does he have a family foundation? What even is that? What are the benefits? Why would he have a family foundation? Is there reasons other than just the fact he wants to give away all his money? Or is that an entity that he can leverage the tax and reporting rules so that he can further his family's wealth and his interests in a wealth efficient manner? Right. And so absolutely that thread and, and what we do is, you know, affirm the suspicions that you know likely there's something else going on that you hadn't heard about before and that a lot of normie accountants are completely closed off to because they aren't taught about it because they're scared by misrepresentations that the IRS even makes on their website, right? So 
A hundred percent. That's a couple pieces of marketing that we were able to touch on and, and made it very effective to create conversations. You remind me a lot of a Dan Coe quote that I really enjoy, which is do what you love, but learn sales and marketing so you can actually make a living out of it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. And uh, that was the Likes and Cash podcast with the man, the myth, the legend, Tony. Bye-bye.